You're very welcome to Euro Balls, episode five in partnership with Ladbrooks. It's our Euro 2020 show here on Balls.ie with me, Mick McCarthy, and joined as always by Kevin Doyle uh, to look ahead to the quarterfinals. Kevin, it's it's kind of sneaking up on us now. We'll have uh, we'll have Gabby Agbonahor back on with us next week to do the semifinals and finals. But uh, the tournament is really shaping up. It was a big, like it was probably the best day we've ever seen of tournament football. Many people said uh, two days ago, and then last yesterday the games didn't live up to it, but. In some ways, that there's as many talking points, yeah. and obviously England through to a quarterfinal with Ukraine. People just there's a sense of almost disbelief yeah. that even Sweden didn't go and make it even a, a slightly less handy quarterfinal for them. I I really enjoyed yesterday. Obviously, the day before, um, fantastic, um, you know, the Spain game, and then I missed the first half of the France game. I was driving home from Dublin after doing the Spain game, and, and I missed the first half of the second half in extra time. Made up for that, um, and then yesterday I really enjoyed the Ukraine game. You know, just so interesting how 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 they really by the skin of their teeth got through, and then everyone's writing them off against Sweden. Not me, Mick. Not me. Yeah. I didn't write them off just because how they qualified for it and their form coming into the Euros, like they beat France or they drew with France in the World Cup qualifiers, and they they beat um, or they drew with France and beat Spain or the other way around. But like and they topped their group. Four points ahead of Portugal, all these different reasons, and then they were just so useless in the first three games. And you're wondering, like, where's their form gone? But they showed last night why, why they, um, why they were that sort of, you know, why they were in form coming into the tournament. Mm-hmm. They changed the way they played last night and things like that. So I just enjoyed the different intrigue and how how Shevchenko changed his formation, went against his sort of principles, put everyone behind the ball, and um, how we got the players to buy into that a good bit. So. Really interesting, uh, different to the day before, but still good stuff. Yeah, one of the big talking points of that game, I didn't expect to be started with 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 Sweden and Ukraine, but it is the most <laughs> interesting game played, and it's like one of the most interesting things was the was the sending off, and um, like I, I I've never seen such a dichotomy almost between the former player, uh, you know, automatically, and I think you might be the only one that isn't saying that where it's like. Uh, it's a red card. It's not a red card. How could it be? What's he supposed to do? Versus the sort of journalist class and the uh, the, the nerd football fan who lo- who lo- loves the rule book, all kind of saying, uh, you know, it absolutely is a red. That has changed. I, and people were so adamant about it. You had a really interesting point, but people might have missed it because I think the first chance you got to talk about it was the the really brief chat you had at half time and extra time was the first yeah. time you, the panel were able to come on about the way referees look at that is actually communicated to players every season. Yeah, they sit in the meeting before the season starts with the referees and they go through a big bit of an hour, an hour and a half, and they'll show you clip after clip of different decisions and why they make them. And they might they'll show something very similar to what we saw last night, and they'll go around the room and ask everyone what do you think? Sending off, not sending off. And everyone will like last night, be like it's not it's it's not a sending off. He didn't mean it, he won the ball, and it's just his follow-through happened to catch the player. And they will invariably turn around and say, No, it is a sending off. His foot was high, it doesn't matter that he won the ball. He's out of control after winning the ball. It's endangering the player's health, as it was. Um, his studs were shown. You know, they'll give you a list, list of reasons of why it was a sending off. Just because he won the ball first um, to them is not a reason enough that what happens after doesn't count. That you they take they take the whole thing into account. And if if you you know, oh god, it's terrible to watch that clip and then see the see his leg afterwards. But so they. And it's still at the end of the meeting, we'll still all be like, but it's still not sending off. But they, in fairness, they sit down and explain why they give that reason then. And I can understand it. Like if you were, um, I, f- I forgot his name now, the Ukraine player last night, you know, and that's your leg. 
Mm. You know, it, someone saying, well, he won the ball, ain't going to help you too much. Well, he won the ball and he came through then a split second later and caught me with his studs up at my knee. So um, you can really you can really make an argument both ways. And I feel sorry for, for obviously for both players. I know I'm sort of sitting on the fence with the answer, but it's just, it's this unique sort of situation where there is no, you know, yeah, right or wrong or, or it happens and you have to, and, 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 and the ref is, for the rules of the ref, he sends them off. I knew that. The minute it went to the VR and he went to check it, I knew he was sent off. Just haven't been in those meetings and, and been explained the situation from, from their point of view. Sure. So it's more of a case of where the foot is at any point rather than like I, I, I kind of had a couple of arguments that you can't you can't referee by consequence either. It's not yeah. like you know, if that if it if he hadn't hurt him, would it have been a sending off? And then you also can't there's an issue in football, I think, with who's entitled to a certain amount of to space as well, and that the Ukraine player did actually come into that. Yes, yeah. the ball was kicked. In. I mean, there was an issue in the England game yesterday where the Wembley crowd and the commentators, everybody went mad because Saka jumped across a clearance and was caught. But surely the German defender was the person entitled to that space in the first place. But I suppose the issue here is if that ball requires you to lift your foot dangerously to kick it, then it's not a kickable ball. Is that is that kind of what we have to come to terms with as football fans yeah. and footballers? Like, yeah, it's a consequence of a, a, a millisecond of a couple of different things happening. And yeah. there's, there, like, if the player, if, if the Ukrainian player doesn't go in there, uh, it doesn't get, if he clears that and he misses him by a millimeter, um, it's not a free and the ref does not about it. It's just because it, they're basically explaining to us you have to be aware of you and what you're doing whether you're clearing it and winning the ball first or whatever you have to be in control of your body and be able to make sure you're not breaking someone's leg even by clearing the ball you might do the right thing but that's they're trying to make it as safe as possible and that's the way they explain it to us and you have to sort of go along with that at times and go yeah in fairness i you know when i put myself in the ukrainian player's position i wouldn't feel bad about i wouldn't feel bad about, i wouldn't think you know, your man said, obviously, he wasn't out to do he was clearing the ball, but they're, they're, they're trying to clean up football as much as possibly can, and that's the, the way they're going about it. Like, you know, you can agree or disagree. Um, it's it's so difficult to to, to get yeah. a right on that, Mick. It's just, it's just their interpretation of it. Um, and, like, yeah, you break it down to anything. You, you can argue over anything. I, I played centre forward, right? So I'm trying to hold up a football. And you're glancing to see where the center half is because you're and everyone goes oh look he looked at the center half there so he was using his body to, to he looked at the center half the ball but you're looking at the center half to where he is so you know where to shield the ball but everyone sees it on camera they go he's looking at the center half he's not looking at the ball that's a free he's trying to block the center half coming through and or whatever so like there's so many interpretations of different things and it's there's just anyone can have their point of view and a lot of times everyone is right there is no right or wrong answer I think that's actually a really important point. It was one you made last night, you're making again now. Everybody is so black and white on this and everybody is angry. And actually, it's actually quite complicated. And there is, you know, they have to try things to, to, to clean up the game. But sometimes players can be very unlucky in that situation. Yeah. Anyway, it leaves us with England, Ukraine. We don't know whether it obviously cost Sweden the game or not. I think it would have, uh, at the very least, petered out the penalties at that stage. But uh, England's situation. So <laughs> bear with me on this now. But there was a conversation a lot yesterday about England's playing. We knew it was going to happen from early on, basically playing eight defensive players with two holding midfielders, a back five, and just a three up front then with, with, with Kane, Serling, and Saka. Just because they won, that conversation is a little bit out the window now. But I'm, I still 
I don't know if necessary. Like the ends do justify the means. So Gareth Southgate is well entitled to play this way and stuff. But it's there's a part of me that thinks of. Do you remember in Italia 90 when there was everybody didn't care how because Ireland were in the World Cup and everyone was there and then there was a small cohort led by Eamon Dunphy was like you know I want like why can't we do it better we've got really good players why can't we not bore the whole world and play this way and still be in the World Cup now, you can't prove a hypothetical yeah but does it also make the people who say why can't England use Foden and Mount and Grealish wrong just because they beat germany 2-0 a poor german team yeah and that's football that's the there's there's always a divide as well you know i I find anyway between most of the time attacking minded players or people who and and people who are more into the tactical defensive side of things everyone has a point of view it gareth southgate was the center half so he's always center halves are always more cautious as managers and if i played under you know, just in my career, I played under Steve Koppel. His view of a game of football is totally different to Mick McCarthy's view um, when it came to what he wanted his strikers to do and how he, you know, was different uh, feelings and cautiousness. So um, that's Gareth Southgate's view. And I admire his, um, you know, England managers in the past to me have done what the, the crowd wanted, done what the papers wanted, try to fit Lampard, Beckham, scores it like Gerard all into a team, make, try to keep everyone happy. Whereas he's just, he seems to me, I admire him, not how they're playing particularly, but just how he's stuck to his belief in his formula and he's got fantastic players on the bench and he's not using them um, because he wants to play a certain way and he's stood. You get the feeling he puts so much into the analysis and the um, behind-the-scenes stuff, the training, the, every, all the little details that go on behind the scenes and not just who's popular at the moment with, mm. with Matt City fans or who's popular in the Premier League or who's had a good six months, he looks a lot deeper into it. Um, and I don't think England have done that in the past, but saying that, wouldn't you love, like, Grealish, Foden, uh, Sancho, Sancho couldn't even get on the bench in the first game. Yeah. Um, speaking to Didi Haman about it, he's had a fabulous season in Germany, a player who's going for maybe 100 million to Manchester United or close to it, and he can't even get you know, on the bench for a few games and you're thinking what armory, ammunition he could use. But obviously he's, you know, he's years doing this as in the manager and probably years planning for this tournament, even, you know, building up. They're always saying, you know, in the last one from before, he was saying we're still in the building process and we've got these players coming through and now they're sort of at that stage where it's time to do it. And he's spent so long getting to this and he's sticking to what he believes in and, and all the analysis and detail that they go in. And when you go to like St. George Park where they're based and all that stuff is based, you want to see the amount of people that have behind the scenes working on all this and all the details and every little single element of why he picks those players. Mm. Anyway, it's months and months of studies going into that. Yeah. And yet me with absolutely no study at all thinks, you know what, one day you're going to bring Jack Grealish off the bench at nil all and he's not going to uh, change the game immediately because that's not the way football works uh, in 20 minutes and you're going to be caught and you're going to go out in penalties to Denmark in the semi-finals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spirit, mate. Anyway, you just get over Jack Grealish because he ain't going to be there. Uh, he ain't going to be at Villa in a month's time. So just that's forget. what I'm saying. He's not the be-all and end-all, uh, Kevin. No, but uh, do you agree with your old pal Duffer that uh, Ukraine have absolutely no chance? He's never been more convinced of anything. Oh, well, I know. Jeez, that's a brave statement from Duffer because he was going that way before the game against Sweden as well. So he really came out on it in there. I wouldn't say they have absolutely no chance because... 
it's one off game. You never know. The the extra time and all won't help them. They they look uh, Ukraine look bet as in physically wrecked from the first minute of the game. Never mind 120 minutes. Yarmolenko was so good technically, but in trying and he's trying to believe in Shevchenko and get behind the ball last night, but he he's so tired defensively, and it's amazing how much energy he had the minute to win the ball back. He's flying around the place, but um, <laughs> you know what? They change the formation. They put everyone behind the ball, and it could be you're talking about those players England on the bench. Like they don't need to sit in defensive midfielders against Ukraine. They need people to be able to break down eleven people behind the ball. They do need to have a tactical, you know, a bit more excitement about them. Um, because eleven people behind the ball doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You could be playing my, you know, my local men's team here. If we got organised to put eleven people behind the ball and, and you know made it difficult for you, it can be frustrating and things don't go your way and you miss a couple of chances and then all of a sudden Ukraine have a bit of technical ability to break in, not just a bit, they have some good players. Um, like on the bench last night, I was talking about beforehand, uh, Malenko uh, or Malinowski at, at mm-hmm. Atlanta, really good. He's on the bench, he's a fabulous player. Seen all that, you know, doing the study on all these games for um, Atlanta in the second half of the season, the goals and assists, and, and he was their player of the year. Um, like he was on the bench, he came on last night. Like there's players that can make a difference if they can keep it tight for a long period, and they have. They're a team who've got a jail, got a get out jail free card. They really should have been gone home after a group stage, and now they're so buoyant, and everything is a bonus now. You know, the yeah. cards are brilliant. So that's a dangerous thing to come up against. So I wouldn't. This thing should win. They should. They're stronger. They're definitely fitter. They're going to run more. They're technically got more bigger, better squad. But it's football, and that's why it's interesting. France should have beat Switzerland on paper. Everyone said France should win that. That's going to be easy, and it wasn't. So yeah. I've never saved. I'd never go out on as much as a lame as Duffer did last night. <laughs> no, most of us wouldn't, actually. Yeah, that was a, a very brave statement. Uh, we work backwards through the other games. There's, there's three other quarterfinals to talk about. Denmark, Czech Republic. I've talked to you a good bit about uh, my excitement around Denmark. Uh, yeah. They Look, they, they, were, they hammered Wales. They um, absolutely, like, that was the complete performance we were waiting for. After half an hour, that's fair to say, they probably didn't actually yeah. start that well in that game. But once they got going, they did. But the Czechs, I suppose, we haven't talked about all that much. I mean, like, watching them, I, I think the only full, full game I've watched them with before the Dutch game was the um, was the Scottish game. And just thinking, like, this is a really well-put-together team. Like, the you know, even the, the like, Suchek, obviously, we all know about. But everybody around them, like, good, solid footballers. They're going to be always hard to beat, no matter who plays them, aren't they? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, they don't get sucked out too much either. And they don't open up the pitch and, and, and get, you know, get left light at the back. They're very solid and organized. And, and they have a personal front who's in form. You know, a player who's having uh, the tournament of his career, I suppose. He's had, he's gone for a lot of money. Um, a couple of massive transfers and um, probably goes under the radar. We don't see it as much as we're all so concentrated on England. Like, uh, I don't know, one of, the, one of the lads has asked me, do you think this could get his big transfer? This could be a big transfer. I was like, he's gone for 45 million and 30 million previously. So I think he's had his big transfers and he's playing the Bundesliga. Um, Schick, I'm on about. And um, yeah, yeah he's, he's scored some fabulous goals. We've seen him, you know, probably the goal of the tournament. Great goal again the other night. Um, so when you have a player like that in your team full of, form um you know you just need everyone else to be fairly decent and, and try keep it again creep it tight and set them up and they're very evenly matched both teams i would say denmark on paper have a slightly stronger squad when you go through like we were all talking about denmark and great team spirit and how well they've bounced back from the christian erickson thing but when you go actually go through their squad it's not just great team spirit they're fabulous players all playing for top clubs in europe 
Um, so really going to be a really close match. I do think Denmark are on such a buzz though. Um, I, I wouldn't like, to, I wouldn't bet against them in this one, but it'll be close, close game. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know their injury situation, but obviously they lost Ericsson and like Kiara went off injured. They already had Pope. Yeah, that's a big loss. And yeah. else as well. And you're thinking, Jesus, if if that continues, like, I mean, there's only so much the spirit can get you through if you're playing a virtual, if you're losing all of your best players. So hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully that's not too bad. But um, that's going to be an interesting one in its own way. It, it might not be the greatest, most exciting game of football. Would that be fair to say? Um, you never know in this tournament, though, do you? Yeah, I don't know. Like Denmark's games have been brilliant to watch. So have, yeah. You know, so I, I don't want to say no. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, they both got players who can who can be game changers. They both Denmark like have been going for it. You know, putting they haven't just been sitting back and getting a one 0 lead and and you know what we'll hold on here. They're getting one 0 and they're going again and going again and going again. So I don't want to write it off. It's not going to be a good game because if Denmark. Mm. I hope Denmark continue in the same vein of let's just go for this. Really enjoy the pressing high up the pitch and create chance after chance and, and score goals. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I hope your man Dan's guard for any young fella. He's brilliant. Um, he quite doesn't have the legs to last the game. He always gets tired around 65, 70 minutes because taken off, but he's been really effective up to that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait for it. Switzerland, Spain. Like, it was five all draw, I'm sure, after what happened the last time. Uh, look, Spain did. You know, you you've been kind of a little bit higher on Spain over the course of the tournament, and you know, while they got a fright or whatever, like in in at parts they were very good the other night. You know, uh, but yeah. do you think Switzerland? I don't think got enough credit for their part mm-hmm. in that match. Like even even at, like here's a very small thing that's nothing to do with it, but five perfect penalties you know as well well maybe four well Luis got his hand to one them but just the 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 spirit to come back the fact that they were just never beaten all the way through the fact that they played very well when they were one nil up for a long time in that game as well before France did score I thought they were great they were actually like I, I was just as a kind of a you're watching a, for an underdog and you get more and more behind them as the game goes on and I was just like I would have been so proud of that team if I was a Swiss fan you know yeah definitely and they nearly went two nil up you know they missed the penalty mm-hmm. And then obviously France scored like a minute later. Like, uh, I think that's it now. And then 3 1. And that's, you know, better than even their performance. To come back from 3 1 against France shows that they've really got something about them uh, mentally. Um, and their third goal, what a quality goal that was. Like, you know, it wasn't just hope, lump stuff into the box in the last few minutes and try gets try get a goal, try get a legalizer. It was a really, really good goal, a fantastic finish. Um, and saying all that, I think Spain will win it. Um, the other night, uh, the three they were three one up with what ten or fifteen minutes to go, Spain. And the only reason they got back to three three is because they were they were making subs just to give lads a run. And they thought the game was over. Enrique was hugging and high fiving lads as they came off, and they just basically took their foot off the gas and got caught cold. I don't think that'll happen again. They create so many chances. That's the one where it's been Morata, brilliant goal the other night, great from to get a goal. Yeah. Um, but in leading up to that again, he's just you're just like. You just sense he just doesn't believe any time he's going to score. Um, and the amount of chances they create, he could still be top goal scorer. I don't know. I think he's got you know, two now, yeah. Two now, yeah. He, he should have. He should be top scorer with the chances he's had. So, But that was a really good goal. Generally. That might give him that little bit more belief. I said he's two goals now in the tournament. But there won't be for lack of chances created, Spain. And I think I think seeing him again the other day, it, they, you know, they went to injury time or extra time. I know that. But I think they deserve to win in the 90. Um, the, the, the goal against him, like the keeper, the backpack, the keeper had a horror show. So um, yeah. that won't happen again. So yeah, I'm going to go first then. Yeah, and like not not a, like 
regardless of it not being 2018 Croatia, it's still a good team that they beat. Uh, well, exactly, yeah. like it, was, it was probably more than the 5 3 that it, after extra time that it seemed. So, Spain to win that one, Switzerland beat them in the first game of the was it the 2014 World Cup when they when Spain were going for the three tournaments in a row. They came back from that one, I remember, but uh, I remember that being a shock. But it's a long time ago now. Italy, Belgium is the one everybody's looking forward to, uh, Kevin. This is um on Friday night and Belgium like they're without the Bruyne and Hazard it looks like who would both come back into the team after original injuries and way into form and this was looking to be a very exciting team but neither of these were as good in the last 16 as we wanted them to be and I know Belgium beat Portugal and we shouldn't exactly you know be criticizing them because you need to just win win matches at this stage but I don't know. We were just expecting a little bit more from both of them. Yeah, oh, I, was, I was doing that game. I was really looking forward to it. And yeah, terrible game. Um, a real boar fest, actually, for long periods. Um, this is going to be tough for Belgium. They were, you know, De Bruyne and Hazard bought out De Bruyne even more so, I suppose, than Hazard obviously lost. Um, and they really struggled against Denmark without them. When they brought them on, then they played fantastic in the second half against Denmark. But without them, they were very average. They're back three. Is while well, being really experienced and you know fabulous in the past, they are aging and they are slow. Um, for Tonga, now a few clips of Manny's arse. Um, yeah, that would be my worry. Um, Italy, while they were weren't great against Austria, wasn't it? In the Austria, yeah, uh, yeah, um, they'd sold so much before that in the group stage. Um, I, 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 I'm just thinking Italy in this one. I know before the tournament, I really fancy in Belgium, but that changes when they lose they lose De Bruyne and uh, Hazard. Um, big losses for them. And to be, I just think defensively, Belgium will struggle and then without them too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm changing what I know. I'm going against what I said at the start of the tournament, but I'm going for Italy in this game. Okay. So your semi-finals will be Italy versus Spain and... England versus did you go for Denmark in the end? Just about the shade, I think. Just about, yeah. Just about. Yeah. That, I think I think everybody would take that. But we've got two good game, two good days uh, to look forward to on Friday and Saturday before we get to the semi final stage. Um, should be very exciting. Enjoy uh, enjoy the games that you're on for, um, and the games that you're not as well. <laughs> yeah, even more so. Even more so. Enjoy them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we'll talk to you uh, along with Gabby on Monday. We look ahead to the semi-finals. It'll be a it'll be a football's coming home special on Monday as we look ahead to, to England semi-final. Um, but we'll talk to you then, Kevin. Have a good weekend. Yeah, I think you should not have me on that show. Actually, making leave. <laughs> leave Gabby to talk that one out. We'll get on James McLean and said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Move on. Don't go there. Don't go there. Thanks a bit to Kevin. Have a great weekend. Uh, if you're having a bet on the Euros or anything like that, please always gamble responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for more information. Check out Ladbrokes um, after 10 a.m. on uh, match days, on Euro 2020 match days for great five-a-side offers such as one euro free bets and so on and so forth. So always do check there. We'll be back with you on Monday, as I said, for more Euro balls with Kevin Doyle and Gabby Agbonlahor. So join us there.